0: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown up.
1: If you listen on the Entail app, that's E N T A L E, photos, links, and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Okay, Annabelle, run me like a bath. Oh God. <laughs> um, happy Valentine's Day, Em. Happy Valentine's Day, darling. Oh, it's so. How. Nice
0: the hell are you?
1: Well, I'm absolutely fine, but I put out to the universe that I was saving, thinking that this was like a brilliant, positive way to kind of start 2020 and to be all like, I'm saving, I'm on a money diet. And as a result, there have been a string of annoying financial obligations that I can't get out of. And I feel like, fuck you universe, this is not the point. So now I'm manifesting as opposed to manifesting. Sitting there stewing over the sort of things that I have to spend that isn't money for me. It's weird, isn't it, how the
0: shape of the cost exactly cancels out the shape of the saving. Basically. Yeah. Last year I managed to save for the first time in five years a little tiny chunk and then the roof leaked to the exact tune of that chunk. Yeah. And I handed it to Phil the quite sexy builder. Roofer, <laughs> roofer. He has a diamond earring. I love it. We Phil. liked
1: Phil the roofer. Where's he gone? I don't know.
0: Where's Phil when you need him?
1: Well, I think the problem with Phil is that he doesn't he no longer needs to fix your roof. My mm, leaky which is roof. A shame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean everybody needs their leaky roof fixed. But do you, yeah, and I and I feel like I don't want to resent it and I just feel you you know how hard it is at this point in our lives to kind of get a grip, a wrestle on money, you know, in any kind of way. Oh, God. And, um, and to kind of, and to feel like we're managing our outgoings and our, and, um, and especially being freelance, et cetera.
0: I saw someone on Friday who we were talking about exactly this, who would say, I don't know if I agree with this because it's an annoying point of view, but some would say very effective, that the way you are thinking about it goes exactly against the laws of attraction of the universe. So when you say money diet, yes. you are demonstrating a lack. Right, 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 so right. So what you're meant to be saying is, and the universe feels the lack and goes, nothing good's going to happen there. I know this sounds like nonsense, but anyway, it's basically the secret. Yes, okay. stupid book. So what but I should
1: be saying is, I am so lucky that I can afford this, these extras. Exactly, that I'm sitting I'm ste- here
0: so comfortable knowing that I have a very comfortable amount in my savings account. You know, I am, you know, Blindingly rich.
1: Oh my god, I am blindingly rich. Okay, I'm gonna try that. See what happens. I mean, you could you
0: could go insane, or it could work.
1: I mean, the problem is, is that I spent most of my twenties like assuming that I was (laughs) going to be be blindingly rich. I know we all did. Everything was going to be fine. We were going to be rescued. And uh, oh god, yes, exactly. And that 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 somehow just sitting there waiting for someone to give us a pay rise or a proposal or whatever. And it's so you know, it's 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 only now that I have some kind of financial agency. Um, because I took the power back. But, and so I guess maybe that's why I feel double floored by it. I hate those fucking myths of womanhood that we're having to to wrestle with. Well, I tell you why I
0: think is going on at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you and I talked about this the other day, but you know how we were brought up being fed the whole A Prince Will Rescue yes. story? Oh, yeah. And you have to catch slash hypnotise slash trap the man. This was Disney, it was cinema, it was everything.
1: There's a brilliant line in one of Lizzo's songs, which is that you had to, to catch a man, you had to know how to look, and then to keep a man, you had to know how to cook. And that was just re- recently in one of her songs. And I thought I listened to it and I thought, fuck yeah, this is it. And I can neither cook and obviously I look exhausted, but anyway. No, you don't. <laughs> um,
0: but what seems to have happened now is that rather than fetishizing the, uh, the handsome prince, there's a, there's, there's a sort of fetishizing going on of female friendship. And I don't know if it's helpful for kids because it seems to be saying, this has to be the on. it seems to be adding huge pressure to these, you know, 11, 12, 13-year-olds' lives. I mean, you would know better than me because you have girls. Well, no, it
1: was really interesting because we were in Claire's Accessories the other day and there were all these... um, uh, There was a whole kind of stall, sort of... I don't know what you would call it, like a whole like mound of of things that were all orientated to, towards your bff so it's like bff jewelry which is like split hearts that you could each get one or bff bracelets or bff, BFF forever bff yeah bff FFF, FFF, and and i thought my god the pressure on on exactly like you said on 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 young girls to kind of have this sort of super friendship thing and which is not commitment. on boys
0: and it's so unnuanced as well because yeah. it doesn't allow any room for change, no, it's problematic in terms of the concept of different types of self. Yes, because if you think Very at true. forty-five about all the different identities you've had, masks you've worn, all the different girls you've been—I
1: mean, all the different girls I've been—and
0: we made a little list, didn't we, for our book? Which, um, <laughs> yeah. So, what about the summertime <laughs> slut?
1: <laughs>
0: Those slutty, slutty summers, where you sort of thought you were having fun—you were maybe, I don't know between 25 and 29 and you've probably broken up with some very unworthy boyfriend and uh, you were completely heartbroken. So you got thin because you were so unhappy and then you went on a kind of festival of fucks and you thought that you would feel validated and you felt massively worse by September and probably ended up in, you know, therapy again.
1: Yeah. Or uh, for the first time. Um, what about the, the, the days of being a fashion phenomenon?
0: The one day of being a fashion phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, when
1: you decided, okay, I've had enough of this and I'm gonna become a fashion forward sensation. I think it was a Tuesday. Um, and where did you go? I went to Harvey Nichols and I spent about 10 bazillion pounds on a cream, probably Celine, possibly Joseph coat. Which well, I, know, the thing about never you know, worn. winter
0: white does make people <laughs> look rich, but it also makes people look like fridges,
1: <laughs> exactly. And every now and then I get it out and I think, oh god, I should best year this, sell or it, whatever. I know I should sell it, I know, but then I feel like I'm giving up on that side to myself, you know what Speaking I
0: mean. Speaking of which, what about um the sort of surrendered 1950s-style girlfriend. Oh, fucking hell. You know, with someone who... This was probably what happened with the most evil narcissistic boyfriend, you know, who sort of probably tapped into all the dysfunction that had been awakened by, you know, a shitty father, right? Yeah. And, um, uh, and you know, and you, you sort of thought it was okay when you said you had a big ass, or, you know, wouldn't pick you up at, you know, two in the morning from yeah, the station when you got to me, visit him.
1: Or didn't speak to me for, like, 24 hours because I scratched the aluminium baking tray when I cleaned it.
0: Oh, I remember you had that man. You scratched a baking tray he wouldn't speak to you for 24 hours.
1: Yeah. And how much longer did you stay with him? Oh, depressingly, probably about six months. And how m- much, how many pounds in therapy is it taken to get over that? I think the fact is, is because I think, I was talking about this the other day, it's actually not the loss of the relationship that you mourn, but it's the loss of self. Yeah. How on earth did you allow that to happen to yourself? Yeah. so I'm still in therapy about it. <laughs> um, and,
0: and probably uh, happening in parallel to the Festival of Fucks or the Fashion phenom- Phenomenon or the Surrender Girlfriend was when I certainly was the world's worst employee.
1: Oh my god! Do you remember when we used to literally like phone each other at nine o'clock in the morning because we way hadn't to been work, to bed? We hadn't been to bed and we were really panicking about how bad.
0: And I was bad enough on a good day. I just said no to everything all the time.
1: Oh my god! I remember sleeping under my desk as well. Yeah,
0: I remember having a nap under my desk and uh, and, and and just sort of not showing up sometimes, and then occasionally showing up just to print out some CVs to try and get another job.
1: <laughs> I know and all the fag breaks and the loud booking of Brazilian waxes. Over so the phone. much waxing. <laughs> Oh my God. Do you remember your Hitler's moustache? Yes, I had a Hitler's moustache. Um, and
0: the yogi. Oh. We <laughs> <laughs> had some time off and you thought, yoga will make me less insane and bitter. <laughs> so you booked a class. Maybe if you were really mad, you booked a hot, hot yoga class. Spores on the lung, spores on the lung. Oh my God. Um, and then you had one class and then you felt high. Um so then you started um googling like you know retreats in Tibet and spending all your salary at Lululemon and then you went back a second time and you hurt your knee and that was it.
1: That was it. I think my my yoga phase lasted about a week. But um but I've started doing uh, like the odd stretching YouTube thing. Yes, I found you on the floor the other day. <laughs> exactly. In some kind of ass. I, I found her in the office and was of on the floor. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying, I'm really trying, because I figure, and this is you actually inspiring me, that um, it's about flexibility and strength, it's, yeah, not it's about one anything thing, else.
0: Yeah, it's one thing looking good in a hot dress, but it's nothing. being able to tie your shoelaces in 20 years.
1: I think it's really, and I think it's really important um, that, actually, it's a really nice communal thing to do with someone as well. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, romantic things yeah. you can do with your girlfriends,
0: stretching yeah. is up there, right? I, I, Along I, with... Uh, talking to them while they're in the bath, still do a lot of that. So romantic. Hang out in bed for a whole day, obviously.
1: I mean, even answering the
0: phone to someone is an act of love. That's a massive act of love. If you call me and I answer the phone, it means that either you're a plumber <laughs> and I'm desperate <laughs> or I really, really love you.
1: Or Amazon. Amazon called me the other day and I answered.
0: That's just rude. I know. But That's they not were the like... No point at all.
1: I know. But it is now.
0: So what I would say to listeners, if, if you're calling someone and they answer, feel honoured. You know, your call has been answered when every other call would have been dropped. So absorb that compliment and then don't be sad if someone says they can't talk. They still answered. They didn't hit decline. God, I hate that when someone hits decline after two rings. It's so squashing.
1: I did that to you the other day. I'm really sorry.
0: Yeah, never do it again.
1: <laughs> no, but I called you straight back to tell you that I'd done it.
0: Well, oh, I tell you what else I don't like. The two things. I don't like the decline after two rings because it feels, it feels pasag, passive aggressive. <laughs> Um, and I also don't like the
1: pasag of time
0: yes I also don't like when that you get sent a pre-packaged text that says sorry I can't talk right now
1: <gasps> oh my god you know you can customise them now well, well yeah but it just makes me feel like chopped liver uh, also by the time you've customised a text that said you could have just literally called them back and said I'm sorry I can't talk although is that worse when you pick up the phone you answer the phone and then you go I can't talk well I don't think so because you still picked up the
0: phone okay Um, The trouble is, is what you generally say is, I can't talk, I'll call you back and then forget.
1: Do you remember spending hours on the phone to people? Like, you'd be at school all day and then you'd spend hours on the phone. Well, there were four
0: channels on telly. Yes. No Instagram and no internet. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you were either going to read
0: an improving book, do some needlepoint or talk on the phone. Do you remember being in denial Total denial about the fact that someone either just didn't fancy you or had actually broken up with you.
1: Oh, yeah, all the time. All those excuses that we made. So, you know, he hasn't called for two
0: weeks and you just go, oh, well, he must be on holiday or he's, he's tripped and fallen into a, a deep, deep well. Uh, and, uh, and there's no signal down there which is
1: why he can't call you no and it's, you're very
0: worried so really you should be calling him again and again and again and just just to, just to see the, if he's okay yeah
1: and the reason he's not answering is because you know he's unconscious so it's even more worrying maybe you should call his friends to yes. find out how she's doing yes his mother yeah <laughs> oh my god I don't think I ever called someone's mother but I do oh my god the the excuses that we used to invent you have to have a really strong imagination
0: also, I think that imag- imagination probably fueled deep, deep passions for really, really repellent men. <laughs> when you remember, you became crazed with lust for sort of, you know, he was short and bald, which is fine. That can be very hot, but also obnoxious <laughs> and a dick and cruel. But somehow, somehow the sex.
1: <laughs> you call that something, don't you? You call that
0: the sex fire. The se- yes, that he lit a sex fire. And what are you gonna do with that? you
1: just have to you have to fuck till it till it goes out oh my God and then what happens
0: ah <laughs> la repulsion ah.
1: la repulsion la repulsion
0: some people call it the ick, but um I like to use a more oat term <sighs> la repulsion, and that is a feeling of utter irreversible repulsion that it suddenly descends and uh, you, you, if you, even if he touches your arm you want to vomit <laughs> you, you're free the fire's out but I mean it's very weird La Repulsione
1: oh and it's sometimes it can strike in the
0: middle of a marriage
1: it's really incredibly depressing as well because sometimes you really like the person but you just can't bear to ever have sex with them again
0: I know a couple of people and it's happened after they've been married for about 20 years and they've had to ride it out for maybe five years really yeah Ooh. really really but actually ride it out pretty much <laughs> For them. Isn't that depressing?
1: Really depressing. Because that
0: goes against everything that we're taught, the idea of a dutiful shag. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but, you know, they've, they've come out the other side, a couple of my friends. Well,
1: that's good. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, just like the friendship thing, the idea that you are as, that you can be, you know, as connected to people the whole time in any kind of relationship, any kind of relationship, yeah. whether it's your you know, siblings, friends, whatever. Is is again another myth that we're sold. I think we've got to be really careful because I think that in terms of protecting one's kind of mental health, because when you feel disconnected from someone that you feel like you should be connected to, it can feel so alienated. Very lonely. And really lonely. Yeah. And, and act- also
0: I think maybe more than men, I mean I would say this, women change. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. You know, you're under no obligation to be the same person you were, you know, even an hour ago.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. We have both you know tripped for the light fantastic yeah do you remember roses a are red violets are yeah. blue
0: I'm a schizophrenic and so am I <laughs> oh god <laughs> and with each new weird identity a mask you learn all this stuff God, when I think of things I wish I'd known when I was 30
1: and 30 is supposed to be grown up yeah I know I know well I mean quite a lot of the time I look around to find the adult in the room, and then I realise that it's me. Yeah. For
0: me, it's when it be- it's what kind of when life began.
1: Yeah. When things well, you start making really important decisions in yeah. a way that you you think up until then you're making important decisions, and then also all the other really important. What happens, decisions uh, What happen.
0: happened is you start to suffer com- well, real consequences. Oh God, absolutely. Well, you can't get away with stuff in the like, same way. For example, you learn I think that there isn't really anything casual about casual sex. It just gets to you, partly because of that bonding hormone. What's it called? Oxytonin? serotonin oxytocin oxytocin one of them is a very bad opiate and the other one is the hormone you release women release when they have sex which makes you feel you're meant to mate for life with the idiot you've just (laughs) drunkenly yeah fallen 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 on on top top of of, exactly yeah um but that hurts because then you spend it lasts for about three days i think i was reading about it the other day and then you have to spend those three days a trying not to call him yeah B trying to forgive yourself Uh, you see just generally recovering casual sex I mean I I don't disapprove of it obviously I don't disapprove of it at all
1: but I think you know you've got to approach it with caution yeah I mean um, I've never been very good at it I have to say in the sense that I did it a lot and it just made me hurt
0: and mad right yeah yeah I think it does yeah
1: Um, I mean I think the other thing is is that you 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 should settle for a job because it's easier to get a gig when you've got a gig, but... Don't settle for a man, but settle for a job. I agree. Exactly. It's very hard to find a job when you're in a vacuum. Yeah. And another good tip is, is that I wish I'd known, is that if, if you are chasing a man, it means he's running away.
0: But yeah, it's really tough, that. If you're chasing oh. him, he's running away. Someone said that to me once when I was about, I don't know, probably 30.
1: Yeah. And it suddenly
0: dawned on me. Oh, I know. and then, And it's not that... It's, it's such a sobering thought.
1: It's slightly clearer than that he's just not that into you thought Yeah. because and also that you can work that for some reason you can meddle around you can muddle
0: around that and also it forces you into that unfamiliar territory where you have to be a kind of human being not a human doing so you have to sit with your feelings and wait and see how it unfolds have a bit of faith if it doesn't happen it's not meant to be and I mean I I I still find that semi-impossible but until very recently I found that Utterly impossible. What,
1: sitting with your feelings? Yes. Yeah, I think it's, do you know what? I don't know when we're, we're going to learn. I can't even watch Casualty, I get so upset. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: And what chance did I ever have? The other thing uh, that you don't understand when you're 30 is uh, hangovers. When you are 30, <laughs> hangovers are not <laughs> that bad. You need to stop complaining about them and just wait, because they start to last for the rest of your natural life I by the time ex- you hit 40. I'm so grateful
1: that I haven't had a hangover in my 30s or oh 40s. Because I've, I've heard they're really bad. <laughs> really, you've seen through I've me seen, that they're really I've bad I've seen that they're really bad yeah, yeah 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 so that's I'm very grateful for that
0: you're grateful for that and I tell you what I'm grateful for porn primarily for me property porn don't you think haven't you got Zoopla as, um,
1: the, as the app do you check it every day I don't it doesn't turn me on
0: oh property porn really gets me I going I know it really
1: I know you're fired up by that
0: yeah 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 it's an obsession I, you know, but also well it's either optimistic or pessimistic so on a good day I'll be looking for um places that are maybe a third more expensive than where i am now because suddenly i'll be able to do that and be mortgage free and have like a garden or another bedroom or don't tell the universe this obviously yes but yes you. yes and then other times i'll be looking for places that are worth half what i've got now because clearly i'm going to be bankrupt and you know sort of die alone on the streets so i've got bag <laughs> lady syndrome so the, the, so, so it, it is it is it is it is a toxic form of porn but i do roll around in it quite a lot
1: my, my current porn is crying porn. So last weekend it was cheer. Sometimes I watch um, Terms of Endearment. Sometimes I watch um, the one where Julianne Moore gets Alzheimer's, aged kind of 50. And yeah, Call
0: the Midwife is low-hanging fruit for that. You might as well stick a fork in your eye.
1: I, I ban myself from Call the Midwife because it just made me cry. How? Oh, God, so good. Instaporn. You lying in bed with your thumb gently stroking your iPhone screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, deep, deep drill down into Insta porn.
1: Just following people whose lives you don't know, It's completely you don't care about. It's absolutely snackable. Like what click-based.
0: it is, it's reducing. Yeah. What it does is make you miserable and jealous. And I did a cull. I did a massive Instagram cull. Did you? Mm-hmm. Really? Because most, you know, apart from, you know, stuff that's funny or beautiful design stuff, most people are dicks on Instagram. You know, come summer, people can't help but do the, here's my breakfast, here's my thigh gap, here are my toes, and in the distance is the pool...
1: And I, so I just sort of, I'm too Slashed. Much, I'm too much of a people pleaser. You worry they'll then, know. Yeah. Um, so I can't call.
0: Oh, okay. This is this will be a heartland for our listeners. Cancel porn. Cancel me. Cancel me. Cancel me harder. And harder again. Mm. I mean, isn't that brilliant? You're knackered. I love about cancelling, four o'clock. Someone oh, cancels. God. Free evening.
1: I know. I I uh, I said to someone the other day, do you think we can cancel? And they honestly looked like I had just basically like. Turned up, wearing kind of fishnets and and carrying a top hat, and they had said, lust
0: and want in their eyes. Basically, yeah.
1: I don't think actually me and fishnets and a top hat would be a particularly lust-inducing thing. But you know, you, we could you know what try I try mean. it. Let's try it. Um, so
0: uh, yeah, so lots of porn during Valentine's week. Um, probably also quite a lot of crying because crying is now woven into the rich tapestry of my life. I cry. Do you know, actually, now I think about it, it's quite sinister. I don't think I cried for about 10 years. And by the time I got to the end of that 10 years, which probably ended when I was about 35, I was pretty much a battery-operated toy with no soul. I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And then I started crying. Then I didn't stop for 10 years. <laughs> and now I cry, you know, mm. do I want to say most days? A few times a week.
1: Yeah, I've got definitely a well or a catch or a... I mean, and there's all different kinds of tears. There's a rich tapestry of tears. Some of them could be angry tears. You're so monumentally crushed, so annoyed, so infuriating. It's like you stubbed your soul on the bottom of the bed. Do you know what I mean? And you're standing there with kind of bald fists and angry water is leaking out of your eyes. They could, you know, bottle this water. They could. It could be. It could be. They could bottle the tears and it could be
0: administered via... Um, a low-fat, sugar-free salad dressing. What dressing for? to women who can't access their anger. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine? Here you go. Have some angry tears. Yeah, yeah. Three drops of angry tears under your tongue. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, this might be a new invention. Hungry tears. Oh fuck. Well, I really suffer as suffer from hunger hunger management.
0: I read somewhere the other day that if you think everyone hates you. You need to go to bed, and if you hate everyone, you need to have a sandwich, <laughs> because hungry tears. W- I mean, why do you get this hungry? Have you just mismanaged your lunchtime? Have your hormones exploded? Are you on some stupid fucking diet? But you know, all you can think is is is, is, is something like you know, chicken, 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 <laughs> and then you just start crying. <laughs> um, and then and then there's and then there's a sort of subset which is still hungry tears because you've you've eaten an entire pig and a cake in the fridge and you're still hungry and you're still howling
1: and you're. God, you're staring at an empty fridge, howling. That's the worst. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm well up for a cleansing cry at almost every opportunity.
0: I have trouble with the cleansing cry. The, uh, crying generally isn't cathartic for me. I don't feel better afterwards. I feel very, very reduced and almost physically traumatised. I'm not very, I'm not very good at it. But I know that people really believe in, you know, turning on steel magnolias and. Um, oh
1: no, I'm absolutely, I'm brilliant at at the cleansing. I once went to an acupuncturist, who just said, "How are you feeling?" And I said, "Oh, I need to cry." And they literally stuck a pin somewhere, and I—it was like water was just leaked out of me, in the kind of the most extraordinary way. And and then the practitioner was like, "Yeah,
0: I can do that." Tell you the tears that I'm having trouble controlling at the moment is touched tears. Oh. So I find if someone tells me um, a sad story, I over connect with it, and then I start to well up, and then I start to cry, and then it feels very shameful and self-obsessed because it's their sad story. It's not my sad story. It's not happening to me. Um, And suddenly, the person who's going through the trauma is trying to comfort me because I'm crying about their sadness,
1: and I've turned the whole world upside down. And, you know, it's just... Those Those are the ones that really stress me out, actually, because it's one thing being touched by, I don't know, like a TV show or an advert for you know lost that's lines just, yeah, just or whatever the quality street of tears exactly really, yeah. but another thing to it, IRL with someone and you it's mortifying and then of course the more there's, then it, they tend up to be mortifying tears the Mortified only the tears. only thing that's more mortifying than touched
0: tears are happy tears because then oh. <laughs> you keep having to say happy tears happy tears having to flap your hands in front of your face and your voice goes all squeaky and you're going no honestly honestly there's just happy tears and everyone thinks you are absolutely fucking insane batshit crazy batshit yeah. crazy
1: yeah also, I think people would think I was pretty batshit crazy when they saw me open my wardrobe and start crying. <laughs> I tell you... um Because those is, wardrobe tears are bad. The wardrobe tears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to wear. It's filled with anger. It's like a tantrum of kind of epic proportions. About the fact that what, your jeans don't look right? Yeah. Or why is... Why? And nothing goes. Nothing feels like how I want to why feel. Why do I nothing. not own anything
0: relevant and flattering? Stuff.
1: Yeah. All of that stuff,
0: and um, and then you feel defeated, and then you cry defeated tears, and you feel bleak and, and and exhausted. And in your head, you are, you know, you know, you are adjusting your beret and wandering through the streets of Paris uh, like a silent French movie actress who is just got her own broken heart for company, and you know may well be about to be discovered in a yeah. tobacco, but for right now she has nothing, rien, nothing.
1: Ria. Yeah, she regrets everything.
0: Oh, God, comic relief tears.
1: Oh, those... Oh, no. OK, stop. This is really
0: bad. I've got so many direct debits now um, just because of all the stuff that's on telly. And it's so confusing. It's so confusing and destabilising because one minute you're like laughing along with French and Saunders and next there's a child going through something horrific on the screen and then you're, you've, you can't turn it off because you feel too guilty. So you have to... What you want to do is just escape and watch reruns of Grand Designs, but you can't. So you start donating and you get, oh, God, comic relief. I mean, they know what they're doing and they're doing a brilliant job.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Um, The other tiers that I really hate, and I think lots of women will identify with this, are unprofessional tiers. So these are the tiers where, where, you know, when you're at work and someone reworks something you've done or someone takes credit for something you've, you know, you've put a lot of work into or you get left out of a meeting or someone sends you an email that starts with the intolerable I'm a little
0: confused by your email Yes. Ex- act of war.
1: Act of war. And you are basically in the disabled loo, wiping away your tears, thinking, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And uh, because, you know, you don't want to be, oh, look, written off as someone who's over-emotional, et cetera, et cetera. But it stings. Mm. They sting, those mm, tears. Yeah. stings. Yeah.
0: Um, but back to Galentine's Day, I will be... Um, Sending flowers or a present to a couple of women on Friday.
1: Are you? Yep.
0: I always do. There that's are a few so of us. That's nice. And My mum
1: still sends me a Valentine's Day card. Oh, God, that's so sweet. Does she disguise her handwriting? <laughs> um, yes, she does. But I always know it's her. Oh, God, the long-gone thrill
0: of actual Valentine's Day. I don't,
1: ever think, I don't think I ever got an a, an, a, an a secret Valentine's Day card. Ever. I don't know if I did either. I was
0: never that girl.
1: No, me neither. Still not that girl. Uh, But some of our listeners might be going
0: on a date on Valentine's The trouble is, God, new romance when you're in your 40s is so frightening because you know what the fallout is. Yeah. You know what's at risk. And it's just terrifying that. Yeah. You know how mad you can be. And you know that the heartbreak, you don't really have time for the heartbreak because you might have um, a business or a job or a child or stuff you can't just disappear for a year which is what it does
1: also if you've been single for a long time you've probably got a lot of people who rely on you to be that to be available to them and And they they don't want your status to change
0: but also they're watching so whoever you wheel into your semi fully formed life they're watching and you know what if they hate him what if they hate him what if they start doing that shit where you just know they hate him so (laughs) yeah what are the signs okay so the signs for example (laughs) i had a boyfriend once and um people just referred to him as your current boyfriend all the time.
1: <laughs> That's very really funny, like current husband.
0: Yeah, and, um, and also and also, totally forgot his name, so, like you, get it you wrong. know, David, uh, or Daniel, Danny, Dan, Dominic, you know, but they know.
1: Um, what happens if, your friends start talking about your ex oh, in front of him. Like, oh, I we miss John. <laughs> John was so great. Remember how great John was? Do you think
0: John was the love of your life? <laughs> we uh,
1: miss John. Do you
0: remember when John said that funny thing? You know, yeah, John, John was really handsome. That's the
1: other thing about um, relationships. Let's do a group selfie and send it to John.
0: <laughs> Everyone other- was in love with John. Everyone
1: loved John. There's God, a- people are ruthless. There's, there's the other really interesting thing about dynamics when when you're in a new relationship it's like when and you and you invite someone and you forget to invite their partner because you you give their fucks about the forget or whatever and then they turn up and you go oh <laughs> oh i didn't
0: know but, you were bringing damien dominic like the, danny
1: the politics of whether or not of your plus one age. because if you're just used to having you know not the plus one anyway but that is always a quite a good sign isn't it also, when are surprised you
0: never know you know you know you know perfectly well you've got friends just as I as I've got friends who are married to intolerable bastards <laughs> which means if you ever have a party a dinner a wedding anything someone has got to sit next to that intolerable bastard So who's going to take one from the, for the team and sit next to the intolerable bastard, because, you know, our lives are peppered peppered with them. So the last thing you want is to be the person turning up with the intolerable bastard. Yes. You know, the one who's not just boring, but actively drones on and is mean and is sexist. You know, you know, you know the ones I mean.
1: Yeah. And also when your friends keep trying to set you up, who've lit, who've hitherto done absolutely fuck all, by the way then suddenly starts like setting you up on blind dates
0: that is a bitter pill to swallow <laughs> you've been single quietly single for you know years and suddenly you hook up with someone and they're going oh you know my friend james is 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 not only handsome but you know he's also the funniest person i've ever met and you should you know marry him or
1: like basically why don't you marry my brother yeah marry my brother because he's
0: always <laughs> just, been in love with you Is there anything
1: you know. to stop you bringing this intolerable bastard <laughs> back with you or they keep um <laughs> they
0: they keep asking if you're happy they keep saying, "Are you are you are you happy? You just don't seem <laughs> oh. quite are you are you happy?" And all you've been saying is that you're really happy. And It's so like, you? "I'm so happy. Really? Really?" Um or I tell you what, uh, okay, just to draw a line under this. It's when you're with a girlfriend and you bump into maybe like your sister or maybe another good girlfriend and they share a sort of sympathetic look like, you know, we're all in this together
1: <laughs> like we're all suffering and
0: something in you knows
1: well anyway I'm sure that any Mid-Alt going out on a date this tomorrow night that's not what's happening
0: no they're going to be out with you know shining stars it's going
1: to be wonderful and in fact why don't you email and let us know how you get on yes
0: okay if you if you guys uh, are going on a date this week or in fact ever then uh, you know email email us at hello at the mid com and uh, anonymously tell us how it's going yeah we because we want to know. my God, do we want to know. And you know who wants to know most of all? Married people. Married people who will, as we've said before, press their nose up against the glass like deranged Victorian urchins to try and get a glimpse at a single person's sex life. Because they need a thrill.
1: Uh, so, happy Galentine's Day. Oh, my God. I've just realised that I'd never asked you how you were.
0: I was wondering.
1: Oh, my God. That's the, literally the least... Galentine's this thing to do?
0: Not in the spirit of Galentine's Day. Never mind. Let's pretend that never happened.
1: Okay. Oh, how are you, Annabelle?
0: Well, Emma, um, I'm glad you asked <laughs> because I'm absolutely fine, but I'm pretty weary, like big tired, the sort of tired that, you know, eight hours sleep, ah uh, ha ha ha, is <laughs> not mean... going to solve. It <laughs> won't scratch that itch. So I've put a day off in the
1: diary. Uh, which By the way, that is unbelievable because you never take any time off. Yeah, I find it quite hard to make the space. Just not that I'm any
0: busier than anyone else. I'm just more incompetent at this stuff. And so I put this day off. It's untouchable in the diary. And in my head, I will go to the Tate and then to a talk. Then I'll reconnect with an old friend and then I'll meditate. And then I will work out. And I know I've already let myself down.
1: I know (laughs) I'm going to be in bed watching Netflix. And... I don't know, is that okay? Yes, as your Galantine or one of your Galentines, um, I think that's a day well spent. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Happy Galentine's Day.
1: <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like
1: what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Menstruation, menopause, Men health hmm